uh, I should have been recording for all of that because talking about revolutions on Mars would have made for a great cold open. But instead, the cold open will just be me talking about how I missed a good cold open, I guess. <laughs> anyway. So um, this is weird because this is the second episode we're recording today. We just recorded oh a best animated shows ever so far episode. And when you say just, you mean 11 hours ago. We just recorded it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It was morning for Troy and I, a little bit earlier for Troy, uh, and it was night for MC. Uh Normally, we record this show where MC's just having his coffee. So it's like... Which is why you're not hearing him right now, presumably, is we we assume he's (laughs) just asleep still. Yeah. That, That Samurai Jack episode exhausted him. Uh, can I admit something to you that's kind of embarrassing uh, about Samurai Jack? I went and I was like, looked on looked on Spotify for Samurai Jack, and they have the fifth season soundtrack on there, but not prior seasons. And I really oh wanted to God. listen to that song from episode two, where it's just that beat just yeah. throughout like the whole episode. <laughs> so I went on YouTube and found it and hit play on it, and it played. Yeah, and then it auto played another version of that. And then it auto- oh. I think it played like four versions of the same song in a row. <laughs> and it's just this, this bass line just going. Mm, 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 That's great. <laughs> and I just sat there like not even realizing that it was repeating itself. That's amazing. Too young for this track. The final frontier. These are the voyages of. MC. Troy. And Eric. Their mission to introduce Tyler to strange new episodes. To seek out the best and worst media in the Star Trek franchise. To boldly go where several podcasts have probably gone before. Hey, welcome to Too Young for This Trek, the podcast where me and MC and Eric introduce Tyler to Star Trek, except for MC's not here because he's taking a nap, and Eric's here, but uh, Tyler's not here because he's got a baby, and so it's just me and Eric. Yep. I haven't been here in two episodes. I don't remember how this show works. How was the Mycelium Network? Oh, man, it's trippy as hell in there. (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Uh, Stay away from the mushrooms, which is hard to do when you're in the Mycelium Network. Let me... tell you i would imagine just covered in spores so many spores um <laughs> and dead dudes it's weird um, that hasn't happened yet um no. spoilers spoilers we are here today to talk about <laughs> seasons six seven and eight or episodes six seven and Epi- eight. yeah seasons six ep- wait no season one no, season one episodes seven eight and nine seven eight nine of yep. star trek discovery which are magic to make the sanest man go man Something in Latin, and then one I forgot. <laughs> uh, into the forest I go. Okay, that one's pretty straightforward. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't yeah, make any sense, an... but... No, like... it's very cryptic, like all the titles in this series. Yeah, every <laughs> single one. What the heck? Did we ever look up Lethe? <sighs> no. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> the first episode we're going to talk about is Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. Uh, Past what? Eric, take it away. Real quick, or, real or quick. Not. <laughs> real quick <laughs> uh did you have an alternate title for this story arc i just called it disco in danger maybe danger disco <laughs> like the discovery is having a bad time which is they weird really because are. all the exposition well, is like 
we're doing so good at this war thing. And I'm like, I don't know. You guys seem to be blown up a lot. But that's what I love about this show. Because most Star Trek shows are about, like, the Enterprise. And they're, you know, they get everything right every time. And everything's, Mm. every situation they encounter is wrapped up by the end of the episode. This is a different ship. This is the Discovery. You remember that episode of, well, every other episode of TNG where there's like another Starfleet ship that something horrible happened to? That's yeah, what this God, show is about. R.I.P. the hood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, so I, I call this the, the Wrath of Mud. The Wrath of Mud. Yeah. Uh, you could call this arc uh, Lorca's Follies because like everything That's bad right. that happens is Lorca's fault. Listen, the ship is in danger. We have been caught in a 30-minute time loop. And every second that you doubt me brings us all closer to death. Ah! Intruder alert. Shots fired. Want him locked down. Drive overload critical. Wait! Go, go, go! (laughs) Make yourselves at home. I have. Star Trek Discovery. New episode Sundays. Pretty much. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, this is uh, continuing the Klingon arc. Yeah, I I like the continuations. Uh, Magic to make the sanest man go mad. Burnham does a Shatner captain's log impression and reveals that she's starting to fit into the crew. She's besties with Tilly and has a crush on Tyler, but she's now about to face her greatest challenge yet, a party, where everything is totally fine except for the flickering lights that no one seems to notice, except Burnham. It's probably nothing. Probably. Disco's kicking butt at war, Burnham is kicking butt at socializing, a super stoned Stamets gives Michael a super friendly hug, the kind you only give to people when you're high as a kite. Burnham and Tyler are called to the bridge where Captain Malfoy's dad, Lorca, and Saru are going to yellow alert because of a space whale. A space whale that Captain Malfoy's dad really wants to blow up. But Michael reminds him that they're an endangered species because even in the 23rd century, people are shitty and we're still hunting species to extinction, even though we have replicators. Anywho, they beam the space whale aboard and Rain Wilson steps out of it, Pinocchio style, because he's super petty about the whole being left to die in a Klingon prison thing. Dwight from the office blows up the ship, and we are suddenly back at the party. Earlier, Stamets gave Michael a stoner hug, but this time he flips the hell out and tries to explain to Burnham and Tyler that Mud somehow put the whole ship in a full-blown Groundhog Day time loop, with Stamets in the role of Bill Murray. Dwight, I, I mean Mud, has Hermione's time turner and pulls a Doctor Strange, except instead of bargaining with Dormammu, he just keeps blowing up the ship in an attempt to figure out Discovery's secret, all so he can sell it to the Klingons on eBay and make a quick buck. While Stamets is trying to figure out how to stop him, and we get a montage of Mud killing Lorca in 53 numerous and creative ways. After seeing Captain Mr. Malfoy live, die, repeat a dozen times, Stamets eventually realizes he needs to use Burnham's crush on Tyler as leverage to convince them to help him stop Mud. Burnham uses Mud's greed against him to reset the time loop again, but this time, they somehow put Stella's number in Mud's space phone under Klingons to trick him and his dear Stella shows up to drag him away, kicking and screaming, never to be seen again. Except for this one time on Star Trek. Also, Burnham and Ash miss their first kiss. Aww. I like that we see repercussions. Look, 
it is a it is a grand Starfleet tradition to go into a place and mess some stuff up and then warp away as fast as you can and never look back (laughs) at the things that you left behind. And it's kind of cool to see Lorca's past catch up to him with mud. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. So at this point in the show, it's clear something's up with him, right? Like I was, I, mean, I remember being pretty suspicious, but I didn't know if he was like a straight up bad guy. Well, what they've done is they've done a really good job of making it seem like Mud is just suffering from PTSD. I mean, that's that's something that was kind of started previously Ash. and continues through this arc. No, 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 not oh. Mud. Uh, Lorca, like Lorca like, too. Yeah, from from when he had sex with Admiral Mom, and she was like. <laughs> you have sex different now what the hell and you have a gun in your bed like she 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 gives us an explanation which is that like listen you your whole ship exploded and your whole crew died and we've seen what happens to we we saw what happened to commodore decker when that happened to his ship i literally watched that episode today so it was just it was (laughs) in my pocket um but yeah it's like i think that that gives us a good explanation for what's happening so like if you're watching it you're pretty sure something's wrong but I think that works as a plausible uh, explanation for why he seems just a little off. Totally. Well, it's like, is he like, I was thinking like, is he a hard ass with a heart of gold kind of thing? Like, are they just like, is he, is he like uh, Snape, you know, Snape and Harry mm-hmm. Potter? Um, but Snape is not a hard ass re- with a heart of gold. Snape is a creepy stalker. Like That's true. That, that's is a bad example. <laughs> Snape is the worst. I all those listen. Yeah, if you're one I of those people out there who enough. are like, you're like, I love Snape. He's so he's so <laughs> sweet. And no, no, Snape was awful. He was terrible. Yeah, he, he kind of was. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> bad example, but I think you get what I'm saying. When rewatching this show, though, after knowing where it goes, mm-hmm. like right away, I'm like, oh, this guy. Don't trust him. Why are you guys listening to this guy? You know. So yeah, we'll get to that a little bit more in uh, the next episode. Uh-huh. In this one, we get to see him die a bunch. Now, unfortunately, uh, you, you know, I know your your recap says we see him die 53 times. I wish they actually showed <laughs> us all 53 times, but I do love that little montage where, like, Mud walks yeah. into the captain's office and shoots him and then turns around and walks onto the bridge and shoots him. Like, just this, like, they cut together, they condensed a whole bunch of his deaths. Mm-hmm. And absolutely the best is when he just beams him into space. And yep. then he's just watching and he like zooms in on the view screen to see him appear floating <laughs> in front of the ship. Isn't is he cold. like eating an apple too? Of course he is. Eating an apple is a universal symbol for I'm a cocky asshole and Mud is being <laughs> an excellent cocky asshole at that point. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic scene. It kind of reminded me of Q a little bit. You know, like oh, yeah, the, sure. the flamboyant like just snap and you know. That totally was, makes sense. Whoever you are, drop your weapons. This ends now. <laughs> did you miss me as much as I missed you? Mud. Did you really think that you could leave me to rot in a Klingon prison and not suffer any repercussions? As soon as I find out what's so special about your ship, I'm going to sell it to the Klingons. Do you hear me, Captain? I'm going to sell your ship to your mortal enemy. And in so doing, destroy any chance your Federation has of winning this war. When you left me behind with the Klingons, you robbed me of my dear, sweet Stella, the only woman I have ever loved. And I will have my revenge. Also, I'm gonna kill you as many times as possible. I don't see this ending with you taking my ship. Not this time. 
but I have all the data I need for the next. So I will see you later, or rather, earlier. I really hope we see more mud in this series at some point. I don't know if well, that's going to happen, considering we do one know. more time at least. That's true. In a short tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any points you want to call out before we start to dive into uh, the thoughts that Tyler sent in for us on this episode? Yeah. So I actually think this is one of my favorite episodes so far. Um, I'm always, but you know, I'm always a sucker for time travel stories. Yeah. And I think this one is just so well done. Um, I'm actually really excited to eventually get to more time travel episodes uh, because a few of my all favorite Star Trek episodes in general happen to be happen to involve time travel. Uh, I could rattle them off, but I don't want to spoil them for Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I, I just obviously we I don't want to name too many episode titles because that's how Tyler's picking them. But there is an episode of Next Gen where the ship explodes in mm-hmm. the opening and it's, yeah, very exactly. much echoes of that in this. And I like that a lot. Um, the yeah. other thing, I mean, obviously there's a lot of these these types of stories in, in Star Trek and in science fiction at large. But there's actually yeah. an episode um, from season four, I want to say, of Legends of Tomorrow, where this happens, where the time ship explodes. Oh, and one I haven't of seen the that characters, one yet. So I, I won't spoil too much. I'm going to be vague yeah. about it. But one of the oh, characters good. is aware that this has happened. And like, just like Stamets in this, like they're aware of the loop. But because it's Legends of Tomorrow... There's not all the nonsense of like in this where Stamets is like, tell me something that no one else would ever know so that I can convince you that, that, <laughs> and she's like, I've never been in love. And I'm like, that's the lamest street. Like if I walked up to Burnham and said, you've never been in love, she'd probably just slap me in the face. She wouldn't be like, oh my God, how did you know? She would straight anyway. up punch you in the face. This is in Burnham Legends we're talking tomorrow. about. In Legends of Tomorrow, the character just goes up to one of the other characters and goes, Groundhog Day! And they're like, oh, snap, really? And then they like, <laughs> they go about. So like that's that's how they deal with it in that one, is they just like reference a movie where a time loop has happened, and the other character's like, that's amazing. dope, okay, I'm in, I got it. There's actually a new movie, I can't remember the title, but there's a new movie about a time loop. Yeah, the Palm Springs one, right, on Hulu? Yeah! I haven't yeah, watched it good. yet, but it does look good. Yeah. Um, let's go to Tyler's thoughts. Yeah. <clears throat> hey guys, Tyler here. I'm recording in a park. Don't know how this audio, audio <laughs> quality sounds. It's really weird. There's people around. Chapter's here. He's, he's strolling. Uh, sorry I couldn't make it, but here are my thoughts on episode 7. Or at least my responses to Eric's questions for episode 7. So Eric asked, if you were stuck in a time loop, what would you do? And I wasn't really sure how to answer that question because that can mean a lot of things. Um, am I in a good time loop? Am I trying to break out of it? Or am I like mud and I'm like the one in control oh, of the time loop? That's a good point. So I thought that last one was the most interesting question to answer. So that's what I answered. And yeah if i like mud had the you know version what am i saying oh we're going off course uh so yeah if i could control the time loop i would just use that to avoid like every argument with my wife and figure <laughs> out the right thing to say for every situation and say it it would be great what would you do i mean that's that's a pretty good answer it's a good um, answer. It's kind of manipulative, though, if you think about it. I mean, well, would that be ethical? 
that's the problem I have with the time loop is that yeah. anything you do with it is in some way manipulative. Like it's True. like invisibility. Like yeah. there's nothing you can do with the superpower of invisibility. That's not kind of awful. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. There's a reason that most invisible man stories are horror stories. Right. 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 <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to do anything unethical, but the only right. things I can think of are unethical things. Like <laughs> the fact that Mud apparently did this before and robbed a bank with this technology is like, that's so brilliant. Mm. Like just, yeah. just find a way or go, go to Vegas and like yeah. start, go to Vegas with 10 bucks and an hour in a time loop and see how much money you can make off of it. Like that, that's, that's brilliant. That's the kind of stuff that comes to me, but that all feels like gross. Like, well, if you know for a fact that it's going to reset anyways, well, presumably you're going to walk presumably. out the end of the time loop with with a pocket yeah. full of cash. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the other point. way to go. Is that it's like you know, how well, many? Well, did you screw over that that universe? Like, is it a multiverse kind of thing? Like, so are your actions rippling throughout each timeline? That's worth considering, that's, man. That's that's a weird thought. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Play ukulele a lot and get really really good at it. <laughs> Like just come that's out the, the kind of, of stuff. Move. That's like, the kind oh, of stuff dang. I would do. I would catch up on every book that I could. You know, I would. <sighs> would I read? Like, I guess. I mean, it depends Shows how too. long you're stuck in the time loop, right? That's like, true. Yeah. If you're stuck in the time loop long enough, then yeah, sure. Like, well, supposedly after, you're after not aging. Hours. Here's here's yeah. here's a here's a factor that uh, Legends of Tomorrow threw into their time loop. I think hers was a half hour time loop when when they did that on that show. Oh, okay. Um, I think That's kind of interesting. maybe it was an hour, but mm-hmm. my point is it was less than a day because yeah. the character got tired, mm-hmm. like because they hadn't slept. Their yeah. mind had been awake for hours and hours and hours and hours in a row. Wow. <laughs> which is messed up to think about. That and is. Like, even if you fell asleep, even if it's an hour time loop, if you try it like, mm-hmm. okay, time loop starts, I'm taking a damn nap. Like how many <laughs> minutes is it going to take for you to fall asleep? And then at the end of the hour, you get jolted away over you're awake again. Yeah. Oh God. That's kind of horrifying. Yeah. That's anyway, that wasn't Anyways. an answer to your question, but that's where I'm at thinking about time loops. It sounds bad. Mm. Don't do yeah. it. <laughs> do you think people will still be partying to 1970s disco remixes in the 23rd century? <laughs> Sure. Uh, Staying Alive is a timeless <laughs> classic and prefer for an episode where everyone dies repeatedly. Who is the MVP in this episode? Uh, it's obviously Stamets. Without him, Mud would Without have won. Death. Mud was also pretty neat himself, though. So if I'm allowed to pick a bad guy, maybe Mud. I think Michael did a really good job, though. Like, she was badass in this episode. Y- yes. I have two things. Okay. Okay. One. Oh yeah, you had a point about this. Okay. Stamets gave up on the second to last loop. He was just like, "All right, whatever. I'm going to tell you everything." And it wasn't a ploy. He just Stamets just gave up and was like, "I'm done. Mm. I can't watch you kill anybody anymore. I'm going to tell you everything." Which, like, I get. He's been through some trauma with this, but at the same time, like, you did a bad job. But point two is, Burnham in that second to last loop is like, "Don't worry, y'all." I got a great plan. And then she killed herself. And then the loop started over. And she wouldn't remember anything. So 
did she tell Stamets her great plan before the loop started? And then they got everybody on board with doing the like, let's go change out the phone numbers in, in Mud's contacts list. Like, I, I am unclear on how their plan actually worked with only Stamets being able to remember the differences in the time loop. Because that means that she conveyed her plan to Stamets, the time loop started over, Stamets complete, conveyed it back to her, and then they got whoever else they needed involved all on the same page, all inside of that time frame all without Mud noticing or making yeah. any changes to the loop that would have caused Mud to be suspicious. Wow, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> I don't think the end of this actually works, but mm-hmm. it works at least as well as the next-gen time loop where the solution is that there are three pips on Riker's collar because that's also a really weak solution to fixing your time loop. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Man, time travel's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like time travel stories are really easy to set up, and they're really yeah. easy to play with, and they're really hard to resolve. Well, especially because there's like, what, three different versions of time travel, right? There's the predestination one, like where a time mm-hmm. loop like has to go the way, I don't know. I'm confusing myself, but there's like the Let's grandfather paradox. There's, there's multiverse. Travel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're I just could talk about this all day. Yeah. <laughs> I already um, do have one. Although I got to say though, like I, I you know, I, I love thinking whole... about it, but yeah, there's so many plots. You're right. That's like yeah. any time travel story. Well, and that's, future, that's what I love. Of them. Yeah. That's what I love about how legends of tomorrow dealt with the time loop is just that every character was like, Oh, like in a time loop movie. Okay, cool. Like that. Yeah. That's well, like Avengers Endgame. Yeah, mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame even like called out Star Trek and a bunch of other things. So yeah, <laughs> I would have been great if like in Avengers Endgame when when it's Cap versus Cap, if Cap was like, "Hey, time out, I'm you from the future," like in Back to the Future, and Cap was yeah. like, "Oh, cool, I've seen that one. It was on my list." And he's like, "Yeah, I know because it was my <laughs> list too." And then they high fived, and then they worked together instead of fighting each other. That would have been amazing. Would have gotten a Cap versus Cap fight, so you know, eh. pros and cons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, continuing. Best death. Uh, Lorca's death montage was one of the greatest moments of the episode. Uh, so if I can pick all of those, all of those. But if not, I really like the uh, airlock one where um, Mud's sitting in the captain's chair eating like a sandwich and Lorca just like charges at him and Mud just like waves his hand and beams him out into the vacuum of space. Cutest couple so far. So uh, Eric gave me a few choices for this. Had Burnham and Ash, Stamets and Culver, Lorca and Cornwell, Laurel and Vok, Mud and Stella. So uh, I think Stamets and Culver are by far the cutest. Like, there's no contest there. Um, but Burnham and Ash's relationship at this point is kind of weird to me. Like, I didn't really see that coming. <laughs> um, yeah, sparks don't really seem to be flying to me. They're just two awkward people. But I, I think the relationship gets more believable as the show goes on. Oh, and that's it. So I'm going to stop looking like a crazy person recording on my phone in the park. And walk my son back home. I'm so tired. Goodbye. Oh, so I, I actually had a few additional thoughts about the episode I wanted to talk about. Um, so this episode was really good. 
it seemed like something that would happen in like a classic episode of Star Trek. And I, I think maybe this is the way to handle this series in the future. Like just link together a bunch of episodes um, that seem like they could be standalone Star Trek adventures. Like them going on a mission, like them checking out um, like a, a dying planet, a dying sun, um, contracting a virus going to like some kind of peace accords or something and then you know just have like a loose plot linked to that like just like they discover something there and you know like maybe the last hey I just saw a cute cat uh, does it count if it's a cat I see in person or is it like only in the thing we watch I don't know anyways maybe like the last two or three episodes are more focused on one thing. I hope that makes sense. It makes sense in my head. But like basically just have like something building in the background and then the last few episodes of the season be resolution for that. That's like a three, two, three part episode. Alright. Back to back to the stroll, right chat? Yeah, I mean I agree. Uh I think I think this episode is great. It did feel like a little bit more like classic Star Trek, especially with the way it ended and kind of wrapped mm -hmm. up. It was like mm -hmm. a standalone episode in the middle of this massive story arc. I am so excited. Well, I'm conflicted. I'm so conflicted okay. about okay. Tyler getting into Deep Space Nine because I think yeah. Deep Space Nine is going to be the Star Trek that Tyler wants. But I think the way that we're going to make Tyler watch Deep Space Nine is going to ruin the experience of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> so yeah. that's going to be weird. Yeah. Um, there might be certain episodes we got to group together for that one. I don't know. Yeah, but that idea of like, like there's just a background thing that mm -hmm. the episodes touch on. Like that, that is that is the foundation of Deep Space Nine. Like, mm. anyway. well, to be fair, um, I actually that was one of the ones I got to last. Um, I had seen episodes here and there, mm -hmm. but I didn't go through like a full rewatch until like years later. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed the episodes that I saw, but I got a lot more appreciation out of it as a whole. Well, just like this. I mean, like if you're watching, if you just watch this episode, you'd be like, all right, this is an interesting episode yeah. about Harvey Mudd. But yeah, knowing more about the show, like this episode has stuff going on with Ash, stuff going on with Lorca, stuff going on with the Klingons that all... Yeah. benefits from watching the whole show as opposed to just this episode well and um i think watching discovery in general is kind of like that because there's so many references to canon so mm. many tie-ins so like even if you're new to it it's great but it, um if what was that where was i going with that if you're new to it it could still be good but it's so much better if you know like the canon behind it and how yeah. it ties in like uh, wasn't it I think it was in one of these episodes. I didn't write it. I didn't note it down. But in one of these episodes, there was a, a whistle, a hailing whistle, and it was like, yeah, it was the Star Trek hailing whistle, and it just mm -hmm. made me so happy just hearing that amongst all the other Discovery sounds. Just hearing the whistle, I was like, oh hey, it's that, yep, it's that it whistle. Up for a it's second. a Star Trek whistle. Um, yeah. Should we go to the next one? You froze up. What'd you say? Uh, I was talking about a whistle and then I asked if we should go to the next episode. Oh, sure. Uh, so the next one is, dang, what is that episode called? See, see, see Lorca run. 
We Chaldeans are born afraid. It's how we survive. My whole life have never known a moment without fear. Not one moment. Until now. There will be time to grieve. This is not that time. Star Trek Discovery. New episode Sundays. This one's this one's like another Latin title, right? Yeah, it's C Vos something. Parabellum. Parabellum's definitely in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, this is CV's the episode. Passum Parabellum. There we go. There we go. So this is the episode um, with the blue planet, like yeah. planet Pavo. Yeah. Let's let's go to past you for a summary. <laughs> Sounds good. See this pacum para bellum. Pretty sure I said that wrong. The crew tries to save the USS Gagarin from Klingons. They're not very effective. Disco visits a planet of pacifying spores. Not that one. Where two Starfleet officers we know should be best friends battle to the death. Not those two. Before a mysterious outside force brings Starfleet and a foe face to face to sort out their differences because it abhors violence. Not that one. Basically, Saru learns to let loose and almost kills everyone in the process. Also, Admiral Mom teams up with Lorel, the scary Klingon lady that has the hots for Tyler, or something. That will be important later. Um, so yeah, not a just, whole lot happens in this episode, but... I looked it up. If you want peace, mm-hmm. prepare for war, is what this Latin phrase means. That's actually kind of clever. peace, prepare for war. Why just um, not? Why why just call? They should have just called it that. <laughs> but it sounds much more important when they make it Latin. Um, mm. Yeah, I remember this episode being interesting the first time I watched it because uh, it's interesting to see Saru just very yeah. much loose as shit and go yeah. absolutely insane. And it's the it's problem a good I have with piece. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the problem I have with it is that it does feel a lot like previous episodes of Star Trek. It uh, does. Specifically, the spore planet that Spock goes to, where he's like, <laughs> Kirk's like, hey, Spock, r- remember that you're in Starfleet? And Spock's like, screw off, Jim. I got these <laughs> I got these spores in my face, and it's pretty great. And I'm high as a kite, and I love it here. And that just <laughs> felt like what was happening to me with Saru, but a darker version. And I think that's that's the problem I have with it, is there's a lot of people who dislike Discovery because they feel like it's like too grim and dark all the time. And I really don't have that complaint typically. But Same. this episode felt like, let's make a really dark thing that it's going to blow people's <laughs> minds how intense and dark it's going to be. So Rue's going to try and murder people and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of liked it. Um, it wasn't my favorite episode of the season. It felt like a filler episode. Yeah. But they did. They developed Saru a little bit, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um and I kind of like that it felt a little bit like classic Star Trek because this is literally the first episode in this show where they go down to a planet. Oh God, right? It? It, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I may have missed something, but no, I think the, you're right. This is the first one with an actual away mission. I um, think you're right. Which wow. is bonkers because that's such a staple of Star Trek, you know? And because there's so much other crazy stuff going on in this show, you don't even notice that it's 
you know they're, they're not, not following missing. the formula at all yeah um so it was kind of nice you know in that respect i guess no that's a really good call i yeah, yeah wow because and i like I, the, the planet two looks... that way a little bit too because i think they go on like one away mission in that one yeah too. <laughs> the planet looks absolutely gorgeous like the special effects in this episode are amazing i well, still don't quite subtle. understand like yeah the planet's whole deal is that it like vibrates at a special frequency and there's a big rock that vibrates it. really good it's like a giant crystal how is that natural that's not I natural don't, <laughs> I don't know. like why do they just assume that it's natural there's nothing natural looking about it you know it's like just, someone put that yeah. there <laughs> so like con- concept art wise i feel like it's gorgeous in terms of like narrative this episode's yeah. just lacking for me like it's interesting that there's some interesting stuff with saru but most of it's him under the influence and that's the problem is that it's, it's the same yeah. thing we talked about in um naked time in, or uh naked <laughs> naked now. naked time is that the naked next now? gen one yeah naked now naked time whichever is the next now. gen where they like it's like look at the crew acting crazy and it's like <laughs> But I don't really know the crew yet. And even though this is episode eight, I don't feel like I really know Saru yet. Like, yeah. all I know about him is well, he's a scaredy pants and he really, really hates Burnham and blames Burnham for the death of the captain. Even though, mm-hmm. even though he yeah. was there and he knows that Burnham's knows mutiny down. had absolutely nothing to do with Giorgio dying. Yeah. And yet for he some was... reason, he still hates her. I don't understand. And they get over it eventually, right? I think they yeah, but kinda... they don't get over it by him saying like, "Hey, you know what? Actually, I was there, and your mutiny had zero <laughs> impact on galactic events. Unlike what I've been acting like, <laughs> what you've been acting like, and what everyone in the Federation's been acting on, what everyone in the Klingon army's been acting right. like. Everyone pretends that Burnham started the war. Well, and she didn't. I think it's in kind of in this episode where Saru's kind of like, oh, I know, you know, like he he's able to put himself in her shoes for once because he's the one that fucked up this time um, a little bit. But yeah, but it, it's still it wasn't Burnham's fault. I agree. I agree. That's the problem is like I will you can argue put yourself that in her shoes. Yeah, you can put yourself in her shoes all you want, but she still didn't do the thing that you're she, saying she did. Yeah. So you're still mad at her for a thing that didn't <laughs> actually happen. The way that you are mad about it. Anyway, let's listen yeah. to what has to say. No, you're good. You're good. One more thing <laughs> I want to mention. The USS Gagarin. Do you know who mm-hmm. that's named after? Oh, Gagarin. Yeah, Yuri Gagarin. Uh, first I have man no idea. I was making a joke. It sounded like <laughs> oh. somebody stuttering while saying Gary. Sorry. <laughs> who is no, you're it? Good. He, was, uh, he was a Russian cosmonaut. Uh, he was actually the first man in space. Yuri Gagarin. Oh. Yeah, All so right. I thought that was a nice touch. He should have a ship named after him then. Definitely. All right. Let's Do see what Tyler is. works on that ship? Oh. Chekhov well, no, should be he's, in Starfleet he's, right now, right? He's maybe in Starfleet Academy. He's an ensign like two years into the Enterprise's five-year mission. Yeah. So, so he's, he's, he's probably at the Academy. Probably at the Academy or still in high school. He's taking the entrance two. exam. Wouldn't <laughs> that be great if they did that on Discovery every once in a while? They just cut to Starfleet and were like, here's Chekhov taking the Starfleet exam. What am I talking about? That wouldn't be great. It would be awful. Hey guys, I'm back. And twice as tired um, <laughs> inside this time. Uh, now I'm going to talk about C. vis possum parabellum. Uh, <laughs> Eric asks, Poor Tyler. Um, what are your thoughts on the space battle with the Klingon and the USS Gagarin? R.I.P. 
<laughs> so yeah, that was a cool space battle. It's like ships are less like um it's like less like a submarine battle than you know previous <laughs> star trek incarnations from what i've seen but yeah it was a cool battle and um <laughs> there was this one part where the discovery like took a shot so that the Gagar- G- the gary didn't have to <laughs> and um we see someone on the discovery just like fall flat on their face and then shortly after they do like a jump using the spore drive and so, like, I imagine they're in that disc part and start spinning. Yeah, that person's having a bad day. <laughs> what did you think about Planet Pavo? Pavo. Um, it looks fine. It's um, it's a forest. They gave it like a little bit of like a bluish green hue to it um, to make it look sort of alien. I don't think it looks as uh, cool as some of the stuff we saw in Star Trek Picard where it like really looked like an alien planet it's like how is this possible it just looks kind of like a forest which is fine what are your thoughts on stamets mistaking tilly for captain too many shrooms uh so at the time i thought like maybe the spores like the mycelia network gave him the ability to like see into the future or something a little bit like he just got like little bits of stuff in the future but now i know like the obvious thing Hmm. um yeah I have thoughts on that. During that scene, Stamets is kind of a jerk. Yeah, he's no longer happy stoner Stamets. He's back he's, to like grumpy, angry Stamets. I think, and I don't know if there's anything to base this theory on, but I think for like a moment, he swapped places with his mirror counterpart. Because that's why spoilers. he... But yes. Oh, shit. Is I, that... No one's listening to this who hasn't watched this. I hope already, not. Right? But that's... Yeah. Well, even Tyler knows at this point, but yeah, <laughs> good to do. Uh, yeah, that, that's oh, that's what I assume is happening. That's why he's been having mood shifts and stuff is that he is swapping mm-hmm. with presumably multiple other universes worth of Stamets because right. Stamets is grumpy in this universe and mm-hmm. he's grumpy in that other universe. But then where did Happy Stoner Stamets come from? Is well, there? Is there I like, assume he mellowed out a little bit. You know, he mellowed out a lot. A he lot started of saying groovy. <laughs> you don't yeah. just go from being a stuck up asshole to saying groovy overnight. That's um, a fair point, man. That's a fair point, dude. <laughs> uh, I'm choosing to believe now in, 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 I don't know what I'm going to call this universe, but yeah. it's just a happy version. The way that yeah. everybody in the mirror universe is more of an asshole. It's a universe yeah. where everybody's just more happy. That might hold some weight because I'm actually listening to a book, a Star Trek Discovery tie-in book about Stamets right now. Mm-hmm. There's there's more than one universe in it. I don't like there being more than one universe. I accept the <laughs> I accept the existence of the mirror universe, but I don't like multiple timelines. I think it's dumb. I well, like one time. What about Eric, was it tapestry? Go back was into, that the and I know if I screw up the timeline, that it's going to impact the timeline I come back to. That's the time travel I want. Oh, did I lose you? I just I think I lost you. Lines. Oh, back. okay. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> All right, moving on. What's Laurel up to? She's in prison, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know what she's up to. I thought um, she was going to try to um, work with the humans at this point. I don't know why, because like her and Fox thing is about like stay Klingon which I mean they they really missed the mark there 
What did you think when Saru lost his shit? Uh, yeah, so if this would have happened to anyone else, I think it would have been annoying. But I think the payoff of him, uh, his discussion with Burnham at the end of the episode about the event and how he like has never had a moment of not being afraid in his entire life. Uh, was I thought that was a good payoff. Uh, he's an interesting character, and his race is very interesting. That's all I gotta say about this episode. All right. <laughs> Any final thoughts on that one? Um, the only final thing I want to say is jumping back to that space battle. I think the moment where Lorca calls for them to put Disco between the Klingon ship. And yeah, I almost forgot. Is very cool and that's a good weirdly moment. out of character for Lorca, <laughs> and it's it's weird yeah. because like knowing what I know, having watched the show, it's out of character. But even mm-hmm. without that, at this moment, it's like, damn, like it's it's out of character, but for the for an opposite reason. Yeah, it's like yeah. he's been such a like downer, and like I said, the show's kind of setting us to, up to believe that he is like traumatized by the loss of the Baran his previous ship and so for him to put discovery like directly in the path of attack is definitely it's interesting i totally agree yeah that was kind of an interesting moment do you think he was just trying to get brownie points from the crew or something that i don't that's that's the thing is that (laughs) he's so manipulative the whole time right not knowing yeah what i know now it was just like wow that's intense knowing what i know now i'm like why did he do that that doesn't actually seem like an appropriate action for his character to take yeah. And I don't know. I don't, I don't think that there's necessarily a good answer to that. I don't think they ever come back and talk about that moment, but it is Agreed. weird to me. So next up we have episode nine into the forest. I go, which mm-hmm. is a good title. I like that title. I think that's a, you know, it's a little vague, but I think it fits. It's gotta be a reference to some like old English poem or something. <laughs> I'm sure it, it is. I'm sure it's something that Picard would be very familiar with. Ah, yes, into the forest I go. <laughs> He's probably quoting Along his path of snow. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a long walk, and you and I will have a little talk. Because <laughs> into the forest I go. The episode's title comes from a quote by John Muir. And into the forest I go to lose my mind and find my soul. That really fits, I think. Especially mm-hmm. with Stamets's, uh story arc. Well, you're wrong because the writers of the episode chose it because they believed it especially reflected Burnham's journey over the past eight episodes. So, there. I mean, that fits too. I like, I like when, <laughs> I like when titles have double meaning like that. When yeah. you know. <laughs> we are about to face the most difficult challenge we have ever attempted. No other crew would have a chance to pull this off. Let's give them a taste of what the Discovery is capable of. Klingons were honorable. Prove your worth. I accept your challenge, human. We have to abort now. We don't run from a fight. Star Trek Discovery. Fall finale Sunday. Into the forest I go. The USS Discovery faces off against the Klingon mummy ship above the blue grass planet. The crew tries to figure out how to get through the Klingon's cloaking tech using Discovery's spore drive or something. Captain Malfoy convinces Stamets to do 133 jumps to map out the Klingon ship. Somehow. Or maybe he just came up with that number at random just to be a jerk? 
Burnham and Tyler sneak aboard the ship of the dead, where they team up with the scary Klingon lady and Admiral Mom, but then Tyler is triggered and has some vague flashbacks that foreshadow something revealed a few episodes from now. What? No? I, I didn't say anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Anywho, Burnham takes out her communicator and uses Google Translate so that we don't have to read Cole's subtitles anymore. Burnham pulls some sweet Mortal Kombat moves on Cole, Stamets almost has an overdose, and the disco gets the data it needs, beams aboard, and then blows the ship to hell with a few well-placed torpedoes. After the battle, Starfleet wants to give Lorca a medal. Lorca wants to give the medal to Stamets. Stamets tells him to go to hell. Tyler has some disturbing sex dreams about the scary Klingon lady. Tyler confronts her about it, and she just ominously tells him and the audience, soon. The episode ends with Captain Lorca Malfoy putting in some mysterious coordinates before ominously saying, let's go home. And the next thing we know, something goes awry, because of course it does. This is the discovery after all. Stamets gets way too high and no one knows where the hell they just jumped to? Dun dun dun, cliffhanger. So, this episode has like, a few distinct parts in it. The first is the, well, I guess it, I think it's at the end of the last episode is when the Klingons are like, oh, we've received an invitation. Yeah. And then, so That's in this a good one, Cole impression. Like, Thanks. In this one, <laughs> it's hard to imp- do an impression of him since he speaks Klingon. Um, in yeah. this one, it's like, there's so they have many. like six vocal cords. Sorry. <laughs> there's... <laughs> I mean, their voices sound weird. It's cool. It's a cool effect, but. <laughs> How many vocal cords do humans have? Because they have two, Klingons have two of everything. Why am I not? they um, do don't they anyway sorry yes as will be confirmed spoilers for a later episode of Klingon, oh, or, God. discovery <laughs> klingons have two penises it has been confirmed by star trek discovery anyway yeah there's the klingon that. ships coming to pavo and they figured out that i mean basically they figured out space radar but they need mm-hmm. more data points in order for space radar to work against a cloaked ship and yeah. so Stamets has to jump a bunch and that's what going I, on. And then yeah. also you've got like a, an espionage mission into the ship to lay some transponders and also rescue Admiral Mom and the Lady Klingon. And then also you have the whole ending sequence of the episode where they're like, wow, we've really shifted the war in our favor. Let's go home and have a break, except we don't. And we end up somewhere where nobody knows where we are. Yeah, that ending, man, that ending. There's a lot going on. There's so much to talk about in this episode. I know we don't have a whole lot of time. Uh, I'm just going to touch on a couple real quick things. Um, The part where, so when Michael sneaks aboard the Klingon ship, we get Mm -hmm. to see her communicator translating Cole's speech in real time. Yeah, that's cool. I love that moment. It's It's, it's also cool because it was built up to, because we always had like the Klingon speaking Klingon. And we would, mm-hmm. you know, have the subtitles and all that. And then when Michael's there with her communicator, you get the real, you know, the real time translation, which I thought was awesome. What, 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 uh, what historical movie are they referencing that I haven't seen, but I know it's the touch point for doing that kind of translation. Um, the submarine movie. Oh, uh, is it UH5? No, 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 no. It's Hunt the for Red October. Connery. Yes, I'm, I'm for, for Red October. October. Yeah, yeah. Right? I haven't seen it forever, isn't, but yeah. Isn't in that like they're speaking they're speaking Russian and it like zooms in on the guy's lip and then it pulls back and he's speaking English and that's just the movie telling you like, okay, they're speaking Russian, but for your convenience, we're gonna put it in English. 
Nazivai mai paivrieski armegidon. And a seventh angel poured forth his bowl into the air, and a voice cried out from heaven, saying, It is done. I haven't actually <laughs> seen that. I've just heard that referenced as, as a way to do this kind of translation. It's cool. It's neat. I like seeing the universal translator in action. I still wish that they didn't have them speaking Klingon all the time because I'm so like, mm. I just, I don't I, mind subtitles mm. in general, but I like to be able to just put on Star Trek in the background <laughs> and you can't do that with Discovery. There should be a version where it does have the translations. Like a, there should be a dub and a sub <laughs> version <laughs> of Star Trek Discovery for the Klingons. Listen, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go and do my own subs or my own dubs <laughs> yeah. for all the Klingons in my bad Klingon Worth impression. It. We'll yeah. put it up as a bonus. Uh, it'll be like a commentary track you can listen to where it'll just be silence Patreon except exclusive. for when Klingons are on screen. And yeah. I will do dubs. And it's on our Patreon. You can go to <laughs> patreon.com slash number two, up yet. letter Y, number four, letter T, letter T. It doesn't <laughs> exist. But someday it'll be there. It and when be. it is there, I'm going to go dub the Klingons. That's awesome, it. man. Do it. You're doing everyone a favor. <laughs> I really don't mind. I like Klingon. I, I think it's cool that the Klingons speak Klingon. You know, I, I feel like that doesn't happen enough in Star Trek. But anyways, I'm getting off topic again. Um, one other thing, two other things real quick. There's a nice moment between Stamets and Colber. And even there's even a, like a clever reference to Rent. I don't know if you've ever seen that. But the guy who plays Stamets. I have Stamets, seen it, but I didn't catch it. Yeah, the guy who plays Stamets is also in that movie. And he says something about La Boheme. You make fun, yet I'm the one attempting to do some good. Or do you really want a neighborhood where people piss on your stoop every night? Bohemia, Bohemia's a fallacy in your head. This is Calcutta, Bohemia. He's dead. <laughs> Which is oh, like, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. I thought that was a nice little touch. And but he was referencing the original one. The ri- the song, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> I like them. They're a cute couple. They, so this episode handles them very well. Mm-hmm. And then that ending happens and it's like heartbreaking. Because you're, like, worried, like, something's happened to Stamets, you know? Yeah. Like, he's, like, I, in a coma or whatever, and or he's, like, tripping out. His eyes are all white, and, you know. You got you worried me for a second, because when you said that ending happens and it's heartbreaking, I thought the other thing that happens no, 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 later no, happened in this, and I forgot about it, and that's fucking heartbreaking. That's even um, worse. Yeah, no, they, they but yes, build yes, it yes, up. Yes. Like, like, you're just so worried. You know what I love them, about... You know? It's great. It, I'm conflicted because I kind of love this about their relationship, but I also feel like it's sure. a cowardly way that the show tried to make you more okay with the fact that it's a gay couple in Star Trek is mm. that you don't know they're a couple for the first like two or three episodes that you meet those two characters. Like you see them yeah. interacting quite a few times mm-hmm. before. I mean, it's the the toothbrushing well, scene is when you're like, oh, they, yeah. sh- they share quarters. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> And it's like, it's kind of nice because they're both like, you only see them on duty. And when mm-hmm. they're on duty, they're doing their they're jobs. working. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I like it from that perspective. But I also feel like it was maybe them going like, okay, 
conservative people are going to be really mad that we put gay people in Star Trek. So we need to make sure that they yeah. like these characters first before we show them that. And so, I don't know. I, I, I've been conflicted on that since the first time I watched it. Yeah. Um. Real quick, I just got a a thing from MC. Okay. Oh, there he is. There he is. How's it going, man? So, MC, what do you think about Stamets and Culver? Um, what Are do you I recording think first? Adam? Wait, wait. Yeah. Okay. You're recording? Okay. I'm recording now. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do I think about them uh, at this point in the show or in general? At this point, no spoilers. This point, no Except spoilers. For we've spoiled like three things already. But... Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're covering the show at neck break speed. Well, I think Stamus uh, kind of messes up a few times in the last few episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of things he could have addressed better and he could have gone to his partner with Mm -hmm. before they got revealed in other ways. Yeah, we didn't even really talk about that side of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, well... I enjoy their relationship because they're complete two completely different people, but that's generally like opposites attract is um a, a thing for a reason. Like yeah. yeah. You still need to have things in common, but yeah, I, I enjoy their relationship. I I I think it's uh very funny. Um with how Stamets is normally and just like him going off the rails in these episodes is hilarious. I love, I, I I don't remember which episode, I think it might actually be in magic to make the same as man go mad that, that Stamets tells the story of how he met Culver and it's that they were at like an opera or something Mm -hmm. and Colbert was humming along with the opera, and Samus was like, would you shut the fuck up? And then instead of <laughs> shutting cool. up, he, like, came and sat right next to him and kept humming. And I'm like, I like Colbert. That, like, that tells me a lot about him, and I like it. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. They're both awesome characters. I love, for the most part, I really like how they've handled their relationship. Yeah. Uh, so we, sorry, MC, you were just coming in at the end. We were just talking about um, episode nine. Um, what did you guys think of that cliffhanger? initially um like initial thoughts. i was okay okay like can did we you call just, it can we just lay it out on the table where they're at can we just talk about it because otherwise i can't yeah, talk about it's this. it's literally the next episode so yes i think that's fine <laughs> if you haven't watched discovery yet and somehow we haven't spoiled this for you yet <laughs> stop listening now go watch the first like 10 minutes of the next episode and then come back right they're in the mirror universe and goddamn Jonathan Frakes spoiled this for everybody when the show is in production because he? he directed one of the Mirror Universe episodes. I think he actually directs the next episode. And before the show even started airing, he's like, I think Discovery is going to be great. It's a fun show. We get to do a lot of fun stuff with it. We get to play with the Mirror Universe in it in ways we've never <laughs> played with it before. And everyone at CBS went, and he was like, what? They're like, slap some tape over his mouth. Yeah. So. I knew they were going to the mirror universe at some point. And so when this happened, I was like, all right, this is it. This is going to be the mirror universe episode. Episode. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, Uh, they they were talking about it um, in this episode with the spots in the jump data. 
um, mm -hmm. being uh, other universes, essentially. So, yeah. right. When I first saw it, I did not know it was going to be the mirror universe, but I kind of hoped it would be. Like, because yeah. I'm, I, I've always loved that concept. Um, the, um, the Enterprise episode about the mirror universe is one of my favorite episodes of Enterprise. I'm not going to say the title for Tyler's sake. It's got, it's got mirror in the title. <laughs> oh God, it does. <laughs> of course Shit. it does. Just um, like Q episodes have Q in the title. <laughs> um, but Ty yeah, I really, Tyler, Tyler, if you want to see more episodes in the mirror universe, just look for the word mirror. <laughs> and it'll be the mirror universe. It's like mud episodes, dribble episodes, Q episodes. Yeah. Anyways. Um No, I I just real quick, I wanna pause sure. and say, um, I love Jonathan Frakes. I think he is a fantastic director. I think he's a fantastic actor and he seems like a really genuinely nice guy. And I think he's great. I hope I don't Same. I don't want anybody to think I don't like Jonathan Frakes, but he did spoil this. We all love Jonathan Frakes, but man, you fucked up. <laughs> you did it bad See, um, but it was out of love I, like, I get it as a nerd I, I, I spoil things on the show all the time so you know I can't I can't really get mad at him what, what I do like things... about it is that knowing what it was mm -hmm. just before they jump Lorca messes with the controls on the side yeah, of his chair he's, and yeah. so like watching this episode I was like oh this is totally where they're going to go to the mirror universe because like MC said they, they set it up for you they do. Yeah. This is our possibility. Mm -hmm. And so when Lorca flipped up the pad, I was like, okay, that's what's going on. And again, because I knew the mirror universe was going to happen, I had suspicions that maybe that's what Lorca's deal was, even though the show was trying to throw me a curveball and say it was because he's upset about the brand. I thought maybe that's what it was. And as soon as I saw him with those controls, I was like, cool, Lorca's from the mirror universe. All right, this is interesting. I'm excited about it. And everyone See, has I didn't have any of the background information. Like, I didn't know. Uh... He had spoiled any of that. I yeah, I wasn't aware like, of that either. I guess I wasn't following. I close enough. watched none of the trailers. I did nothing. Uh, oh when wow! I first, when I first watched Discovery season one, I binge watched all of it when it came out on Netflix. Oh nice! In like two days. So uh, I I had no spoilers. I didn't know anything about it. So I just got the whole story out of the way like that's in awesome. a couple of days that's probably it's the intense. way to do it but you know if you're watching as it came out like week to week like those cliffhangers were maddening yeah mm -hmm. uh, that's very true anyways i think we were just about to do tyler's questions for this one i think right yep awesome hopefully this works all right episode nine uh <laughs> Update on tiredness levels. It's uh, five in the afternoon. Oh, I no. just spilled my coffee in between recording episode <laughs> eight and nine. Um, yeah, it's in the afternoon and I'm drinking coffee. Or was until I spilled it. I've only just got up in the morning. <laughs> That's right. We were like, talking about this earlier. I, 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 I'm la I was laying in bed until about uh, seven, eight minutes ago. <laughs> and I rolled out of bed and came over to my computer and jumped onto it to start recording. <laughs> I have not had my coffee yet. Oh, no. That's tragic. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. We believe in you. <laughs> you I, I, I'm going to have coffee as soon as we're done here. So, anyways, did Lorca make the right call with Stamets in order to defeat the Klingons? Sure. Uh, it made for a really cool moment. 
So morally, eh, <laughs> but also morally, eh, because, you know, <laughs> needs of the few outweigh the needs of the many. Using Spock's Wait. logic. Yeah. Or the one. You, you know the saying, not going to repeat it. Uh, it's probably less morally when you're to make that decision when you're not the one. We replaced Stamets with Troy. And yeah, he made the right call. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> all right. I think this is supposed to say what the fuck. But it says WTAF. So what the absolute fuck, maybe? Uh, is up with Ashton Laurel. Um, I'm going to say at this point, I had no clue. Uh, like... I knew they were fucking, <laughs> but um, beyond that, like she, I don't know, my wife's at, texting me about food. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I knew they, there was some sex between them, which, you know, it's weird, but um, yeah, I had no clue what, like, actually was going on that i there's no way i could have guessed that <laughs> it was, it's a wild shit uh did the and science we'll techno babble make episode, sense yeah. um crap. don't actually know what that's in regards to with this episode but none of it does so i'm gonna stick with that mv mvp for this episode again it's stamets uh without him they couldn't have got this done everyone was pretty much on their a game though saru i think came up with the idea and then um, the, all yeah. the stuff with Michael was really cool fighting on the Cleon ship. Favorite, least favorite characters so far. Um, yeah, I think I like pretty much all of the named characters. Uh, it's a little annoying that the characters on the bridge <laughs> we don't really get names for. Um, or at least they have names, but they don't really do much. So they, yeah, I wish they had more personality. Again, the Klingon stuff is pretty much not doing it for me in this. I like the idea of, you know, having more Klingon focus, you know, like the enemies having their point of view, but I'm just not enjoying their point of view. <laughs> uh, where do you think they warp to at the end? <laughs> uh, they warp to Harry Potter land, which is where uh, Lorca is originally from. He's actually Malfoy's dad. <laughs> Theories on what's going on. Yeah, they warped to Harry Potter land <laughs> and... Um, Lorca is Malfoy's dad. <laughs> nice. Lorca wanted to go home. Back to back to London. Exactly. Platform nine and three quarters. I I like this one. Um it, it's 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 a fun episode. It's got it just it feels like it has so much going on. And what's weird about it is that it has so much going on that like when they got through fighting the Klingons, I was like, shit, I forgot. I, I, I thought that this was the episode where they jumped to the mirror universe, but clearly this episode's almost over. And then I looked at it and there's still like 15 minutes in the episode left. And somehow like, <laughs> yeah. they managed to do so much in such a tight amount of time um, in a way that that's really impressive to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, there's I a like lot of it. jumping around yeah. in that ship. Totally agree. And around that ship. They ju- yeah. Because they <laughs> jump around the other ship. Yeah. The ship. Around the other ship. Standing by to receive data as soon as the Klingon vessel closes. Then let's make it happen. Black alert. Black alert. Therese, be ready to fire the torpedoes when we come out of the jump. Alert. Remember our people are on board? Just a scratch. Hi, Captain. Let's give them a little taste of what the Discovery's capable of. Mm. Duh, duh. What is 
There's a lot of questions on like how exactly that works, but I don't know if there's actually answers to those questions. So I don't know if it's even worth talking you about the techno babble, you know, behind the. And also, okay, okay, the, here's the problem I have with this. There's other cloak ships in Star Trek, but when they show up later on in the timeline, they act like it hasn't happened before. You know what I mean? Oh, did I lose you guys? Did I just freeze? <laughs> Are you guys there? I think MC's frozen. Or he's just being very still. He might be like Drax. Drax the Destroyer. MC, do you think he's making a really profound point right now? <laughs> yeah. You know... You know what my favorite thing about you being back MC is? Is when this was happening before you were here, I couldn't tell if it was me that was having an issue or Eric was having an issue. But now that you're here and you and I can talk just fine and you're in Australia, I know that it's not me that's having an issue. <laughs> well... That's a great point, Eric. Probably. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be a few minutes till he comes back. So, hey, MC, do you want to do a quick check-in on Lower Decks? Did you watch Lower Decks uh, this week? No, I haven't seen Lower Decks this week. Well, MC, then you're useless to me. <laughs> you're useless. MC, you've been asleep. Do you know what got announced today while you were sleeping? What? A new Batman game. Oh. Do you know who's is not it... in the new Batman game? Batman. Uh, what? It's called Gotham Knights. And you can play as Tim Drake's Red Robin. You can play as Jason Todd's Red Hood. You can play as Barbara Gordon's Batgirl. Or you can play as... Oh, uh, Nightwing. Of course, Dick Grayson's Nightwing. Dick Grayson, yeah. And the, the start of the game is Bruce Wayne died in an explosion and left a video for the four of them saying, hey, I've died, which means an automatic program has gone out that blew up the Batcave and sent this message to you saying, you got to keep fighting. Good luck. And it's a, the whole game can be played in cooperative mode. And that's cool. But unfortunately, 
when they showed gameplay footage, one of the things that was abundantly clear in the gameplay footage is that the enemies have levels, like in the new Assassin's Creed games, which makes me think that it's going to be one of those stupid things where it's going to be like, oh, you can't go into this area because you're too low level. You're Tim Drake, but you can't <laughs> fight this bad guy because he's so much stronger than you because he has a higher number than you. And that comes out. <laughs> did you guys see Tyler's comment? <laughs> Whoa, you're back. How did you get back? I got an invite. Oh, okay. Someone sent me, I think you sent me an invite. I did, but that. you just appeared very quickly in the middle of me ranting about Batman. Oh, God. Uh, so yeah, I typed in the discord. I said, I got booted, had a funny joke and everything sad face. And then Tyler said, watching this feed while you record cracks me up. Seems like, seems like chaos. So I was laughing. Tyler. About that. Sorry. Go to I can't remember sleep. what the funny joke was. <laughs> oh no. Eric's frozen again. Oh wait, no, he's not. Okay. No, what you're the good. You're good. Okay. You're good. Um, <laughs> you both got real still for a second. I got scared. Um, so anyway, Star we? Trek Discovery is great and we're going to go to the Mirror Universe next and that's pretty exciting. <laughs> um, Sounds good. MC didn't watch Lower Decks, so we can't do a Lower Decks recap. No. Um, uh, yeah. I will just say that. It was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah. yeah I like Lower Decks. Yeah, this show continues one. to be solid. Um, well said. Do we have anything else we have to do before we do the things we do to get out of here? We have a poll right now. Do we get those results? Oh, yet? I don't know. The Twitter poll, the ships. Yeah, the ships. Let's check that out. Yeah, um, we talked about you how great, you want me to. Uh, Discovery is because it has a spinny section, which is very important. <laughs> so let's see. We talked about your favorite Federation ship from Star Trek Discovery season one, the Discovery, the Shenzo, so the Europa, or the Gagarin, and uh, the poll results came in at forty-four percent said Shenzo. 40% said Discovery. Um, one person said the Europa. I, which one was the Europa? I don't even remember that. And 12% that said That was episode two, Battle of the Binary, Binary Stars. It was uh, the okay. Admiral ship. Yeah, it got cut in half. Gotcha. Um, let's see. Funnest Frontier said, I didn't like the Discovery when I first saw it in the teaser, but after seeing it in action, it quickly became my favorite. But I also love the Shenzhou. Um, friend Rex says spore drive, so I think he says <laughs> the discovery. I um, think so. Unless I he's talk talking about, about the Glen, he could be talking about the USS Glen. <laughs> Good old Gary. Um, I talked about how the discovery didn't sit right with me, still doesn't really sit right with me. And Tyler says that he likes the saucer spins, and then we made a bunch of dumb jokes about spinning saucers. <laughs> uh, Scott Jordan said, Gotta be the Shenzhou, loved it. I was hoping it was the actual discovery chip that they had changed to at the last minute. And Raina Watt says, hard choice there. They're all pretty cool. After using the Gagarin class in Star Trek Online, though, I'd have to say oh. the Gagarin is a great ship class to use in the game. Yeah, How have cool none design. of us started playing Star Trek Online over the course of this show? Nobody got time for that. MC, we need you to be our special envoy to Star Trek Online because you're the one who's got time for that. Uh, it's very good. Oh, I used to play it. It's good stuff. It, it, it see, I, I say that, but I really don't have the time. <laughs> I should be doing other stuff. You should be. I, I might get into it if you get into it. Oh no. Well, that's gonna do it for us because we're gonna start a Star Trek Online addiction, apparently. <laughs> 
Um, the plugs. Me and MC mm-hmm. do a show called The Best Animated Shows Ever So Far. We watch, discuss, and rank every animated show ever eventually. And when you're hearing this, our first episode on Samurai Jack is available. It's supposed to be last week. Didn't work out. Came out this week. And we got a special guest on it. This guy named Eric is pretty cool. Hey. Uh, <laughs> and Eric's got a podcast called Epic Fails of History. That's epic with a K, where he talks yep. about humanity's greatest failures. Because um, humanity does a real bad job of things sometimes. Um, and say that again. Yeah, and he's also got a middle grade book series, also called Epic Fails of the History of History, or Epic Fails. I don't remember. It's just Epic it just, Fails. Well, the book series is just Epic Fails. It's also spelled correctly. With a C. That's how you can tell the game. difference. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's it's, it's a long story. Um. There is a new episode coming out. The only reason yay. it's not up is because I was editing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, I don't know who's editing, editing this episode yet. I don't. I, I, I might probably me. Probably me. Probably me. Um, hey, it, speaking but... of epic fails of history, it's 2020. <laughs> it's an election year. Please don't let 2020 be another epic fail in history. Get out there and vote, and don't vote for Trump. Go vote for Biden. He's not the best, but he's the best chance of Trump not being the president again. Mm-hmm. So vote for Biden to save goddamn lives. Uh, register for mail-in voting and vote early if you can because Trump's trying to make it hard to vote because he's a fuckhole. Um, that's going to do it for T-Hug for this check, I think. Sorry, I'm really stressed about the <laughs> We got really political right there at the end. <laughs> I'm really stressed about it, MC. I don't know if you remember, but I went on to Scoot's Twitch stream in 2016 before the elections and was like, you guys, I'm scared. I think that not enough people are going to go out and vote and Trump's actually going to win this damn thing. And then it happened. And I'm kind of scared it's going to happen again. So please don't let that happen. Please go and vote for Biden. Again, he's not the best, but he's the best chance for Trump not to be president. Please, 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 please. I am I am nodding my head so hard right now. <laughs> you don't understand. America needs a leader who is not a motherfucking clown. Yeah. yeah 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 like just evil. basic evil literacy clown. there's man. good clowns but there's also evil clowns did you see mm-hmm. the montage somebody put a montage together of fox news reporters shooting on biden because they're like oh so what he could read a teleprompter big whoop because of that was their reaction <laughs> to his speech and then they intercut it with footage of trump being totally unable to read a teleprompter <laughs> because he can't read um our it's president bonkers, can't read man. words good come on it's so bonkers Anyway, it's not a choice at this point, guys. Just fucking. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just what Troy said. I I don't need to talk. (laughs) I'm really. It's really stressing me out, man. It's a roller coaster. It's an emotional roller coaster. These last four years, man. It's like you get to the point where you're so depressed and over it that you just have to laugh about it. You know. Um, it, it'll be okay. There's light at the end of the tunnel, man. We're almost there. Didn't fingers this crossed. week a Republican-led all the fingers crossed found and like came to the conclusion that Trump did indeed collude with Russia during the 2016 elections? That happened. That was right. this week. That was this week that that happened, and it's like, like already been pushed aside. And it's not even so surprising at this shit. point. He was he was impeached for that. He was basically impeached for that, but they had their hands tied because he wouldn't release the documents, which is what Nixon did, and that's why he got... Mm. Please Sorry. vote. Vote early. Vote, <laughs> vote as early as you can. Vote by mail. Stay safe. Wear a mask. 
Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and hey, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we're all going to get out of 2020 eventually. Like, we got this, man. We're halfway someday, there. Someday 2020 will end, probably, I hope. We can all hope. Um, for now, <laughs> we are living in the mirror universe, so we're going to go look for a way to beam <laughs> to the real universe where a dumb fuck orange clown isn't the president. Four to three to beam out. By Tyler's beamed out already. Hopefully he's taking a nap. Three to team out. I don't know if I want to leave all that in there. I like, I kind of lost. <laughs> I loved that rant, but if you don't want to include it, I understand. We can just save it as a separate audio for, I mean, um, it's probably, it's fine. Like I, yeah. there's nothing I said that I don't believe. So, you know, it's probably fine. Hey everyone. Scott here with my good pal, Rich. Say hi, Rich. Hi. And we're here today to tell you about a podcast we host together with our buddies Jay and Bill, the RPG After Years. The After what? The RPG After Years. Our show has entered into a new era of covering everything RPGs, both old and new. Thus, it is after its first era. It's the After Years. I thought RPG was Rocket Propelled Grenade. No, RPG stands for role-playing game. It's a genre of video game. Every week, we go through the latest news and discuss other relevant RPG-related topics. We also review RPGs as we complete them. So an RPG is not a rabid Portuguese goose? No, thank God. From Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy to The Witcher and Cyberpunk, we've got RPGs covered from the dawn of time to the far-flung future. Oh, I've heard of Final Fantasy. I'd hope so. So check us out on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast listening platform happens to be. You can also find us at probablywork.com. Level up your podcast feed with the RPG After Years. Enjoy the show. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.